the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Want to talk about the other side of the um, United States Congress, the Senate side. Um, there's a guy who's been representing Ohio, and I use that term loosely, representing, uh, for far too long. It's long past due to remove Sherrod Brown from his cozy seat in the United States Senate, where he votes to support virtually every radical idea that Barack Obama ever had. Joe Biden has roughly 97, 98% of the time. Uh, we've been looking for an opportunity to replace him, and maybe that opportunity is right now. So far, entered in the Senate race to replace Sherrod Brown is uh, State Senator Matt Dolan and uh, businessman Bernie Moreno, who was a primary candidate in the Senate race to uh, uh, replace the outgoing Rob Portman. Uh, he dropped out of that race, but he is in this one. And now those two individuals are being joined by a third. At least that's what I'm expecting to hear, especially since I read it on his Twitter page three hours ago. Let's welcome Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose to the program to make an official announcement for us. Mr. Secretary, good to have you. How are you? Well, hey, I'm doing good, Bob, and you're right. Uh this is something that has been a problem for too long. Sherrod Brown has been misrepresenting Ohio. He's been in office for 48 years. That's four years longer than I've been alive. He's cultivated this phony persona where somehow people have started to believe that he's a moderate. He's anything but that. He's a far-left liberal Democrat, and he needs to go. So it's my honor to announce right here on the Bob Branch Show that I'm running for the United States Senate. And um, I think like a lot of people, I've just gotten real concerned about the way this country's going. I'm no alarmist, but uh, things are heading in a dangerous direction in this country, and um, and it's time that we do something about it. I can't sit by while the woke left starts to deconstruct this country that we believe in and that we love, and uh, and that's what's at stake here, uh, and so uh, that's why I'm announcing my candidacy today so we can defeat Sherrod Brown and put our country back on track. Yeah, I'd been trying to pry this out of you for the last couple of times that I've had you on to talk about various elections issues. And you said, you know, there may be something coming later this summer. So here we are. Congratulations to you. What um, what tipped you over the edge to running versus not? Obviously, it's a very, very expensive thing to do to run a campaign for Senate, uh, you know, it, especially when you're trying to continue your current job as Secretary of State. Um, you know, a lot of people have that that itch to run and then they decide against it at the end. What puts you over the top? Well, you're right. It is expensive. I'm the only person in the race who's not a millionaire. Uh, so I make sure to, to figure out how we raise the money and I've been working on that. Uh, I think Ohioans want somebody that understands their struggle and lives the way they do, though. And, and that's part of it. I've been praying about it a lot and thinking about it a lot. Uh, you know, it's the old saying that the, 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 the battle is won or lost before the first engagement. That's what we used to say in the military. And so Making sure that I've put the pieces in place to make sure that this is a successful race has been my focus. But it comes down to the issues. I'm the only uh, parent of school-aged children in this race. I'm a father with three young girls, and I refuse to co-parent with the government. I'm seeing uh, people trying to cut parents out of the choices uh, about their, their children, and not only their, their, their education, but all other aspects of their life. And... Uh, Lauren and I want to make sure that our children are raised with our values. It's about 
the chaos on the U.S.-Mexican border. I, I've served down there. I mean, a lot of people do their field trip, their photo op. They take their tough guy photo in front of the border. I actually served there as part of a counter-narcotics task force. I saw firsthand the drugs and the crime pouring into our country. It's gotten worse. We need to fix that. That's what I'll do in the U.S. Senate. And finally, it's about the economy. The Biden and Brown team think that you fix massive inflation by spending trillions of dollars that we can't afford that's borrowed from China. And they think that you fix inflation by hiring 70,000 new IRS agents. I, for one, know that it's the free market economy that is the engine of human prosperity. And we can unleash that like never before when we cut taxes and streamline regulations so that Ohioans can earn more money. Those are the things I'm going to fight for in the U.S. Senate. And that's why I'm getting in the race. I want to talk about some of those in, uh, issues individually, Senator, uh, Mr. Secretary. Um, I almost called you Senator. That would be a big, quick promotion <laughs> from announcement to uh, victory. Um, but we'll do Only that in a moment. Three hours. <laughs> we'll do that in a moment. Um, but first, some of your critics and some opponents, particularly of issue one, have said that uh, you know you should not be issuing an opinion or offering an opinion on which way to vote since you're running the election. And as Secretary of State, you have enough duties here to make sure that we are running elections right, that you shouldn't be uh, pursuing this higher office right now. Can you address both of those issues? Are you? I mean, why is it okay in your mind for you to be uh, posting tweets uh, in support of Issue 1 and so forth when you are obvi- obviously a secretary, secretary of State responsible for running that special election? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the left is grasping here. It's an absolute foolish idea. Every Secretary of State in the history of this office has been an elected uh, political candidate, somebody that comes from one of the two parties. And, and, and so, uh, of course, I have my beliefs. And listen, this one is too important to stay out of the fight. If we don't wrap behind Issue 1 and pass Issue is in line for all kinds of chaos over many decades to come, the left knows that they cannot enact their radical agenda in our state legislature. And so they're trying to do policymaking via constitutional amendment. And the reason why they're having a full-fledged freakout about this is because they know that we're about to cut them off at the pass. They know that maybe they'll be able to convince 51 or 52 percent of Ohioans to agree with their ideas, but they would never get 60 percent to agree with their radical left agenda. And by the way, that kind of supermajority is what should be in place for a constitutional amendment, day-to-day policymaking, law changes, that can happen with a simple majority, that's fine, and that'll continue to happen after issue one passes. But you should never be able to change our state's founding document unless you build a broad consensus of Ohioans, and that's what 60% would require, and that's why a yes vote on issue one is important, not just for pro-lifers like me, but for anybody that cares about the Second Amendment, for folks that care about business. That's why the Chamber of Commerce is behind this care about agriculture. We know that one of the plans the left has is to try to restrict livestock agriculture in Ohio with a a radical California-style proposal, and so we need to defeat that. I mean, there's a lot at stake here, and I couldn't sit silently uh, with something like this. Stepping up and leading is what we expect leaders to do. I I agree with every word you just said about issue one. Um, People, when I express many of the same things you just expressed online or, or, or on the air, opponents hit me with it was good enough for our ohio founders 112 years ago to say 50 percent plus one simple majority why must it change now how do you answer them well first of all the founders of our country recognized the danger of allowing your constitution to be changed with a simple majority and so they put in a 75 percent threshold so to pass a u.s constitutional amendment takes 75 percent of the states 
even some of these hypocrites like the Ohio Democratic Party, for their own party's bylaws, require a 60% change. For the AFL-CIO to change the rules of their union, you've got to have over 60%. The League of Women Voters, 66%. Folks like the Teachers Union, over 60%. Most people realize that you would never want your founding document to change with a simple majority vote. The fact is, 111 years ago, when uh, it wasn't the founders of our state, but it was the people at the turn of the last century that put this in place, they were responding to some issues of the day, and I think that they just miscalibrated a little bit. They created the ability for citizens to propose constitutional amendments. We're one of only 17 states that has that. That's still alive and well after issue one passed. You'll still have the ability to propose a citizen-initiated constitutional amendment, but we're finally going to get the threshold right by setting it at 60%, because again, you don't want a bare, simple majority to change the very rules. Imagine if the U.S. Constitution changed on a, on a yearly basis, what chaos that would unleash. That's exactly what the left has planned for Ohio with our state constitution, and we need to cut them off at the pass by voting yes on issue one. We're talking with Ohio's Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, about why he supports Issue 1, and also talking about his announcement made this morning on Twitter and official, officially confirmed here on this broadcast moments ago. He is a candidate for the United States Senate. Your opponents, uh, you mentioned you're the only one who is not a millionaire, or maybe a billionaire, uh, but Matt Dolan and uh, Bernie Moreno got into this a lot earlier. Um, how do you size yourself up? What are the more distinguishing, outside of wealth, distinguishing characteristics between you and your opponents? Well, first of all, this is kind of astonishing astonishing to me, but I'm running in a Republican primary against two guys that are former Democrats. So I'm the only one in the race who's been a lifelong Republican. That's one thing. I'm the only battle-tested conservative. I'm the only one with a 100% pro-life voting record. I'm the only one with a 100% pro-Second Amendment voting record. And unlike the other candidates in the race, I'm the only one who has voted to cut taxes instead of raising them. And that's a big distinguishing factor when we're thinking about the challenges at the federal level where we need to cut taxes and, uh, and, and put our country back on, uh, on track. We've got a spending problem in Washington. I, I think the other thing is I'm both a father of three young girls, but I'm also a fighter. And uh, as a father, I know I'm the only candidate with school-aged children. I know exactly what we're facing right now with the woke agenda in our schools and how we need to combat it. But as a fighter, you know, I'll be the first Green Beret in the United States Senate. That, that, that's historic. And I think that special operations experience will be valuable when we consider how dangerous the world is becoming. We need to stand up to China. We need to make sure that America has a leading role, but in a smart way. We're not solving other people's problems for them, but we also can't isolate ourselves and just pretend that the rest of the world is going to go away. We need to have smart, strategic American leadership that advances strategic national interests, and it includes, again, combating the uh, the rise of, uh, of China and making sure that we're ready to defend our, our, our national sovereignty. I want to talk a little bit about the rise of the culture wars. You mentioned um, at the very beginning your first response about how important it is to be able to, you and your wife, to raise your kids with your values and not with some of the radical values that are expressed in, in, in schools in Ohio now, whether it be CRT or whether it be uh, DEI or any of these kinds of things. Um, Tell me what your stance is on things like diversity, inclusion, and equity. And, and I'll give you that question with this, uh, uh, this as a backdrop. One of the opponents, not one of the named opponents in this race, but an opponent of yours who does not support you for Senate, sent this to me two months ago. I think it might have been after our last conversation. And said, Frank LaRose is no conservative. 
Um, he co-sponsored LGBTQ legislation with a card-carrying member of the Human Rights Campaign, and he was endorsed by an LGBTQ group uh, as identified as a statewide candidate to vote for because you're LGBTQ friendly. Um, I'm just going to get out of the way and let you respond to that. How do you, how do you square that with the, hey, we don't want that kind of thing being uh, forced into our kids' heads, indoctrination in Ohio schools? Yeah, so let me tell you about what I worked on. I, as a conservative, believe in meritocracy. I believe people should be hired or fired based on how well they they do their job. And and I think that's a value that that most of us share. We want somebody that's good at their job, that, you know, that that, that, uh, does the job that they're paid to do. And um, I supported a bill that said you you shouldn't fire people for being gay. And that, to me, seemed like a a pretty common-sense thing. But I'll tell you what else I did. I worked with groups like uh, Ohio Christian Alliance, UPB and others, and not that they were supporters of the bill, but I worked with them to craft a religious exemption that was put in there to make sure that no faith-based group would ever be forced to live by those standards. And so this is me being the common sense you know, problem solver that I guess I am. Uh, because I put that religious exemption in there, the leftist groups hated it, uh, and so the thing never went anywhere. But I thought it was a common sense way to approach it. But listen, here's the problem, is that with the left, it's never enough. It's not good enough to simply protect people from being fired. They want to take it to the extreme level of this this woke gender ideology nonsense that they're trying to uh, foist on our children. They want to they want to allow children to have a, a gender reassignment surgery without parental involvement. That's the crazy kind of stuff that we need to be fighting against. And when it comes to the so-called DEI agenda, really what this is is a, uh, a thinly veiled effort to really remake the fabric of our nation. We're a, we're a big country with all different colors and all different ways of life, and that's a part of our strength. That's a fine thing. But what this liberal agenda seeks to do is divide people into categories and say these people here are oppressed because of their skin color, and these people over here are oppressors because of their skin color. Really, things like uh, the, the, the uh, you know, this... Uh, this idea of, of, of kind of a, a really the, the idea is that we can solve racism by being more racist. I mean, that, that's what uh, at the heart of critical race theory, for example, they believe in segregating college campuses. They, literally, the people in charge of the, the critical race theory uh, believe that, that if you put black students and white students in the same dorms, that they will uh, oppress one another or something. It, it's, it's divisive. It's ugly. And it's not consistent with American values. So listen, I am an unapologetic crusader fighter against DEI, uh, critical race theory, those kind of uh, really dangerous ideologies. But yes, at the same time, I don't think you should fire somebody for being gay. Uh, Just don't force your lifestyle on, on me or my family. We're talking to Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose. He has announced his candidacy for the United States Senate. We'll wrap with this one for now. You and I will have many other conversations, and I intend to do so with the other candidates, too. But we'll wrap with this one for now. If you were to be successful in this Republican primary, and it's you and Sherrod Brown squaring off in a debate, I'm going to throw that. I know this. You don't have any prep for this. What's the first thing you say to Sherrod Brown on on an opening statement on a debate stage? Senator Brown. For 48 misrepresenting Ohio, you have been fighting for East and West Coast liberal values instead of what matters for Ohioans. You've fooled people into believing that you're a fighter for the working man, but in reality, you're doing the bidding of the fringe left of your own party. And that's why, that's why 
working class union families. That's why people that have to take a shower after work instead of before work, people that really work for a living, they're coming over to support me in this race because they know what's at stake here and they know we need to put our country back on track. And that's exactly what I'm going to do when I serve in the United States Senate. That sounds like a great place to start. He's been a a decorated Iraq War veteran. He has been a state senator. He's now the Secretary of State. He wants to be U.S. Senator from Ohio, Frank LaRose. I really appreciate you making that announcement this morning. I appreciate you confirming it here live on the air. I wish you the very best. We will obviously talk again uh, as this race moves on. Thank you so much this morning, sir. Thank you, Bob. Stay in touch. You got it. We'll do. That's Frank LaRose. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.